This is Aspiring Altruists, the show where you'll hear the stories of young professionals in the nonprofit sector working to change the world. We'll dive into their backgrounds, hear about the work they do, and ultimately learn how they got to where they are and how you can do the same. With the nonprofit sector comprising one of the largest U.S. workforces by tackling the world's biggest problems across nine major categories, you may just hear something that could change your life, and through it, the lives of countless others. On the show today, I have a guest that's a bit of a unique one, Catherine Morris. Catherine is a relationship manager at NeighborWorks America. The reason she's a unique guest is because she hosts a podcast of her own, Nine Lives with Cat. Through our conversation, we explore the vast journey across the nonprofit sector that she's been on since undergrad, learn more about her podcast, hear how her master's degree has impacted her early career, and more. So, let's dive right in. So, Catherine, can you tell the listeners a little bit about the role you're in and the organization you work for? So, hi, everybody. My name is Catherine or Kat Morris. Um, I am a relationship manager at NeighborWorks America, which is a congressionally funded nonprofit organization. We were created to provide things like financial support and technical assistance and some training to communities across the country through members of our organization. So our main clients are community development, housing-focused organizations, um, and their clients are the communities that they work in. My role is a relationship manager. And while it sounds like, you know, I am putting people in love together, um, my role is really to be a strategic thought partner with my team, with my colleagues, Um, and the portfolio of organizations that I've been assigned to do some intentional and collaborative work um, in communities around the country. Nice. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting, kind of a unique situation having a, as you described, congressionally funded organization there. Oh, yeah, I know. So we're like kind of government, but like not really government. But we also like, you know, we have to wait until... There is a budget signed so that we know that we exist. (laughs) So far, so good. Which is, I'm sure, always a smooth process with Congress. (laughs) Oh, of course. You know it. (laughs) Budget process. You know it. Well, I know you've actually been a part of several different nonprofits since your time in undergrad. Can you tell the listeners a bit about that journey and perhaps some of what you've learned along the way? You know, most of my experience in nonprofit work really started from like community organizing level and now to the side of NeighborWorks um, in the role that I'm in now. I think that I picked up a lot of the foundational pieces to where I'm at now. And like, I like to call myself a cat of all trades because Mm -hmm. I really like to pick up a lot of different skills and tools and things along the way. And so in my first kind of local community organizing experience. I think I picked up some understanding about how to not just be a community leader because I lived in a community, but actually what it meant to be engaged and show up um, as like a leader in that way and really help other people understand that too and understand their impact. Um, I think now that I'm at NeighborWorks, I kind of consider this role as a relationship manager, kind of a guidance counselor. Hmm. We 
don't make any decisions for our network organizations, but we present to them a lot of paths that they could take, resources they could use, connections they could make. Um, and they have all of the, hopefully they have all of the information that they need to make the best decisions that they can for their business. And so I think that being able to see both sides, that grassroots community level side of it all, and then kind of now be on the other side of it in this technical advisor, strategic partner role, it all of those experiences have made me better in this role now. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like you've definitely, as you described, pick up a lot of different pieces and has landed all those have led to where you are now. That's been quite the uh, pathway, quite a lot definitely. of opportunities, a lot of experiences here early in your career. Definitely. Um, and I was, you know, very grateful for the people who took a chance on me, I think, early, mm -hmm. where I wasn't just this like overzealous, bleeding heart, you know, person that I think is the stereotype that really passionate people get when they right. work for nonprofit organizations or they come into places ready to like make change. And so I had some great mentors and really friends along the way who were like, hey, like there are other ways you can channel your energy. Let's do it this way. And like it was very encouraging to have people kind of be watching me and redirecting me. Um, and I think it also helped me to kind of like, you know, hone in on my skill set, what I wanted to do and what I wanted to bring to each of those opportunities that I got. Right. And I know actually you've also, as a part of your journey, have earned your master's, which I'm sure added to your obviously education and the tools that you have to be able to do the work that you do. And you studied strategic communication. So what impact has that had on your career and what advice if you have for, if any, for the listeners who may be considering earning their master's degree? I think I, so I graduated and from undergrad and I knew that I wanted to eventually get a professional degree, but I didn't quite have what in my mind that would look like. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm a an avid kind of reflector and journaler. So um, I went back actually and was like looking through these funny goals that I set in elementary school. And I had this goal that I wanted to meet every person in the world. And it sounds so silly because I'm like, why did I think I could do that? Right. <laughs> but I think like what it was highlighting is like, not only do I want to like meet all these different people in the world, like I want to talk to them. I want to know like why they're doing what they're doing. I want to know what sets them apart. I want to know you know, what, how people connect with them. Um, and so I was like, how can I do that in a way that, you know, I felt like being in community and being in these positions that made me, um, you know, focused on this communication piece, but didn't make me really like hone in what it meant to make sure that people heard my message or understood my words. I wanted to, like really get the skills that I needed in that. So I looked at programs kind of all around the world and online, like 2020 definitely made it great because I could literally look at any program that I wanted to. It was right. like, wow, I could do this program online while I'm working. Like, 
all of that. Um, and then transitioning into the NeighborWorks world, um, I thought a little bit more about how this, you know, quasi-government organization who speaks directly to community sometimes may find itself, you know, being misunderstood. And so, excuse me. So, how could I make sure that my words make sense, made sense, and how you know I could complement the work of the organization? So, yeah, I looked at strategic communications, and it just made a lot of sense. Like right. messaging is everything; words mean everything. And it was the right time, I think, for myself to know um, that the things that I said, people were actually hearing and listening to. And, you know, I think you said, you know, advice for people. I think my advice would be wait until you know, like that program was great for me. And I think that while a lot of folks were like, you know, you should have did this program. And it's like, well, what do you think I would have gained from that program that I didn't gain from this one? You know, taking your time to decide what skills you want to strengthen, not for the job that you're in. But for the life that you want to live, live my my high school, um, I went to a school in Cleveland, Ohio, and our mission was we learned not for school, but for life and right. being able to to go into a program like this one gave me skills that I can take forever. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely something I agree with you there as as somebody that's in a master's program myself at the moment or a, a graduate certificate program taking master's classes. That's something I thought about mm -hmm. and had a similar input from others for many years as I was trying to figure out what's the next step in my career and what do I want to do. There were many people that were pointing me towards master's degree and saying, yeah. oh, that'll, that'll help you. And I was like, well, I don't want to be doing that until I know what I'm getting it in. What I'm Exactly. Doing, what and on. it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not cheap and not something that you can really uh, turn, I guess, as easily as you can, like a bachelor's where like, yeah, exactly. The purpose of that is now you're really focused on an area that you've chosen. So that is something that is, is wise advice and something sounds like both of us have, have lived ourselves. Mm -hmm. And in regards to your being really big on communications and messaging, sharing all of that kind of theme, one of the things that made me excited to have you as a guest on the show here is that you're you're the first guest I've had that actually hosts a podcast of your own mm -hmm. nine lives with cat so can you share with the listeners a bit about that podcast and maybe some of what you've learned from doing that so I think it's you know no secret at this point that I'm a curious girl Mm -hmm. And I also um, really kind of enjoy this idea of having many hats. And so Non-Lives with Cat is kind of my playful personality coming to life and my creative use of really good cat puns right. um, <laughs> to really kind of, you know, point out that while we don't get non-lives, we can take every day and live it according to our own rules in a lane that we create for ourselves. And that the idea of being a multi-hyphenate and a, a person with all these skills and all of that and many hats doesn't mean that you're overworked. It just really means that you are able to kind of tap into all of the things that make you you. 
And so I think that I have spent a lot of time trying to navigate what it means to show up as my full self in every environment. And people tell you, show up as your full self, but you have no idea what that means. And, you know, to what degree do they want you to show up as your full self? And my podcast is really saying that, like, I really want you to come as your full self. All nine of you bring all of Mm -hmm. the personas, bring all of your hobbies, bring all of the hats that you wear, all of the roles and responsibilities. Um, They all matter because you are not a fragment of your experience, you are a collection of them. You are an anthology of your experiences. And so being able to to come and talk about people's personal journeys and how they've infused curiosity into their lives and how they have taken a chance on themselves is a lot about is a lot of what we talk about. And um I call myself, of course, cat. Um, but I call myself the cat that curiosity missed that while we tell people, you know, there was the warning that, um, you know, curiosity killed the cat. But if it misses the cat and curiosity is actually the driver, we get really good at asking really good questions and we get really good at understanding ourselves and the world around us. Hmm. Yeah, that definitely sounds like another, as you're describing, kind of an exploratory experience and is something that's great for people to focus on, especially here earlier in the career is just realizing that the job you're in at the moment or the work you're doing is not your whole life. Exactly. Like your work and career, your whole life in general. Like there's so many aspects of our whole selves that develop as we work our way into adulthood and through, through the early years, post-college and, and the years that follow. Uh, there's a lot to discover. And I like what you're describing there of, curiosity kind of being key to that is we have to be curious and willing to explore in order to learn and sort of discover all of who we are and bring that with us wherever we go. No, most definitely. I think, you know, it's easy to kind of fall into the things that people tell us we should do, but what mm-hmm. happens when we like think about like what the impossible is and then go right. for that? Yeah, there's, I'm sure for many of the listeners as well as myself, and it sounds like yourself, countless stories of where we've been told what we should do or this is what I'm supposed to be, those kind of things. And uh, being ourselves is really where we where we thrive and do our best. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's something that you feel the listeners should know uh, either about the, uh, yeah, the cause you're working for or perhaps something they should consider if they're interested in working in the area that you do? So a lot of NeighborWorks, NeighborWorks' work is really focused not on, you know, the people who don't have homes, but really housing insecurity and instability. And so the idea that housing instability, you know, includes like trouble paying their rent or people having to move all the time or you know, people being what we call house poor Mm. and navigating that. I think a lot of, you know, our industry and the cause that we're working for is making sure that people are proactive and they can afford to be proactive. We talk a lot about like creating 
opportunities for generational wealth. And that's really what we're doing. We're we're hoping to provide solutions and resources and support for communities so that they can thrive like they once were hmm. or become and transform into like this, you know, community that has these opportunities and has space for everyone to be there and be equitable and included in in the spaces that they're in. Right. I think, yeah, I think that anyone who's kind of considering navigating this space, you know, wants to kind of understand how to, one, hear the the strengths and the strains of community mm. from the voice of the people who actually live in community and provide solutions that the community members are behind, mm. not ones that you believe will change the community. Hmm. So listening to those that are actually living it rather than coming in with kind of a, I'm here to save you. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think we always like say that in so many different ways, like, you know, you, you have to meet people where they are and how often is that actually the practice? Like, I don't, Hmm. I'm not necessarily sure. And so I think that just kind of reiterating that no matter what, if you believe that housing insecurity and instability is an issue, then the people who can tell you most about their experiences are the people who live it. Mm. Of course. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Those that know the most are the ones that have the challenges facing the different issues, things like that. Yep. So, yeah. If you're aiming to solve a problem, it's best to understand from the source what the problem is. Absolutely. Well, if there were one other thing that you could share with your fellow young adult audience, what would that one thing be, whether it's work, life, whatever you'd like? I think that uh, one of the things that I am reminded of all the time is that seeking external validation is human. It's a human trait. But don't wait until someone else appreciates your skill, your talent, your gifts, like you deserve to appreciate all of that for yourself first. Mm. And, you know, it's the pour into your own cup mentality. It's the make sure home is right first. And, you know, you need to go places and find people who hear you in your words and understand you in your voice. I think you know, we shouldn't spend so much time seeking that external validation and it run us away from our passions. If you're doing the work that you're passionate about, people will see it, you will shine. And your future self really thanks you for putting in the work that you're putting in now for the world that you have to live in years from now. Right. Hmm. Definitely good advice. Yeah, especially for her. Uh, those early in their career here. Yeah. Well, that's about what I've got for you, but how can our listeners best connect with you if they'd like to learn more? So I am very easily accessible on LinkedIn. I am Catherine with no middle E and K-A-T-H-R-I-N-E. People always tell me I can't find you, but <laughs> they're they're spelling Catherine. <laughs> right. Um, and... Uh, yeah. And once I go back live with new episodes, spring, summer of this year, uh, you'll be able to find everything 
on my LinkedIn page, connect it to my personal website, which will, the domain is purchased and nine lives with cat, nine lives with cat will be a real thing. So mm. I hope folks will find me there. Gotcha. Yeah. And as always, I'll share links down to your LinkedIn profile so people can connect, but also be sure to share in your case, the links to your podcast so that others, uh, listeners that have become intrigued by hearing about that here today can continue to listen to you and more your story through your podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me here, Adam. Yep. And thanks for coming on the show. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Hopefully you learned something new about the work happening in the nonprofit sector and were inspired to get involved. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe, leave a review wherever you're listening from. If you want to learn more about today's guest, how you can contact them and explore the organization they work for, check out the show notes. But that'll do it for this episode. Come back next time to hear from yet another aspiring entrepreneur.